0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So this is, uh, the readings today are, are sort of like those shows back in the day where they'd say, last week, on whatever show, right? We left our heroes, like Batman and things like that, um, so, sort of, sort of the same. This week, really, both of the, the epistle as well as the gospel um, are are the second half of, of the, the passages that we read last week, and really need, need to be reminded not only where we are, but they're important because they they are out of a whole um, and not just sort of like. Part 1 Part 2, but but really the whole story. And this is certainly true with with Jesus, who, as we remember last week, um, took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi and sort of that rock where there were all the shrines of of various gods like Pan and Caesar Augustus and um, uh, the other one. The one, always, the one that's always bail, the one that's always being battled in, in the Old Testament, right? All of these, these various, these various shrines, various gods, and in fact, we, we, we remember last week where it says, um, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on; whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, the gates of hell will not stand against um, the church, right? And and. Those, those, some of those little shrines were actually referred to as the gates of hell, the gates of Hades. Those, because you actually had your little, uh, your little worship, fertility service up there with the false gods and other temple things. I'm not going to go into details. This is this is a PG <laughs> service, right? And so, but you can use your own imagination of of the types of. The types of rituals that took place that you would be blessed and have fertile ground and fertile families and everything that that um, and this was these were the gates of hell and that that you're sort of encountering these these gods and so when Jesus is upon upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not fail against it right he's he's, he's talking also about not only will the church be, be um, able to um, come against everything of the powers of this world, uh, but these, these gods will have no, no, have no power. Um, but then, Jesus says something um, more as he continues on, and they say um, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he has to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders of the chief priests and the scribes being be killed on the third day, be raised. And Peter, who was just proclaimed, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood did not reveal that confession that I am Christ, um, now says, um, after that, Peter comes to him and says, far be it, ne- never be. That you're going to to suffer and die at the hands of anybody, even if you do rise three days, which he probably wasn't even listening to that part. Right? He's already hung up on the other part. And Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan!" So how the mighty have fallen. Um, get behind me, Satan. You have, you had earthly. Visions and not divine visions. You're you're focused on the things of this world and not on the things of God. Because what Jesus is doing really is turning religion upside down. I mean, it's it's not shocking that that people are confused. God's Are victorious. You come to worship here these gods who give you victory, who give you worldly possessions, who give you wealth, who give you health, who give you power. When you appease the gods who are victorious, they will shine some of that victory upon you. And this is the whole point, right? And we have worshiped the one true, all powerful God delivered Israel from the slavery of Egypt and continues to bless and all the rest so long as you follow the law and, and various things and, and Jesus says, well really victory is not going to come this way I, instead I'm going to be handed over and I'm going to die and um, I'll be raised three days, but he was like, whoa wait, that does not sound victorious to me this sounds a lot like losing. We're not in it to lose. We want to be winners. We want to be supreme winners. We want the kingdom right here, right now, in Israel to be restored and palaces to be lived in and wealth to be earned and gained and all the rest. And Jesus, you have your mind fixed on the wrong things. You have that mind fixed on worldly things, not on heavenly things. And so then he just says to everybody else, "Look, if you want to come after me and you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me." Which we sing that hymn. It's going to be an anthem today, right? take up your cross, the Savior said. Or, take up your cross. Because we have all those, all those great take up your cross things. Lift high the cross. We love the cross. There it is. That cross wasn't so shiny right back then. The cross is, a, you know, that symbol of, of torture, suffering, humiliation, pain, shame, it's where you are on public display for everyone to know, don't cross the Roman Empire or you too will end up like this. And so Jesus says to everybody who's coming after him, if you want to be one of my disciples, you've got to be prepared to go to the cross you got to be prepared to be to suffer humiliation, shame. That's a horrible thing, you know? Like, if you want to follow me, you've got to be prepared to go to death row. Like, this is what Jesus is saying. Right? You've got to be prepared that the government will come against you. It won't be victorious. But, whoever will save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit anybody to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? What will you return for your soul because the Son of Man is coming with his angels in glory? And I say to you, some of are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, which is not a second coming passage, but because of the transfiguration always being the last Sunday of Epiphany, we skip it. Next week, and go on to Matthew 18. But really, that's what this is, right? This is a this is a. Some will see the Son of Man in His glory; and won't taste death. In fact, it's going to happen just six days from now when they go up on the mountain and see Moses and Elijah. And Peter once again gets to see the glory of Jesus, and then sort of screw up. But that's all right, you know. Peter is, you know, he is definitely a good example for all of us to say, like, it's okay. It's okay that we put our foot in our mouth sometimes. Peter did it all the time, and he's still redeemed and restored and, and you know, a great example of, of the kingdom of God. Um, and this is what, sort of continuing on to, to the second part of, of Romans, which is, not really great to be read without remembering the first part, right? Because otherwise, it just looks like a list of rules that we have to do. You got to do this. 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 Well, it's not really. You've got to do this. I mean, it's nice to do a lot of those things, but it's not. You don't do them in order to be saved, and you don't do them in order for, you know, you to be redeemed and to be this and to be that. It's not a list of chores to do. It comes from, I appeal to you, brethren, now, therefore. The therefore, as we said goes back to all of the things that we've just talked about throughout Romans, that you're heirs in Christ. You're no longer under the law. You're under the spirit of grace. You've been filled with the spirit. You've been grafted into the house of Israel and made God's own. You are now sons and daughters of the living God. You can call our Father. The spirit lives inside of you, works with groans and other things, and on and on and on and on and on, all those things that are in there. Therefore, I appeal to you, by the mercy of God, to present yourself as a living sacrifice, to offer yourself to God, to live fully in that spirit that lives inside of you. Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, just what Jesus sort of said to Peter, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is, don't put your heart on worldly things, put your heart on heavenly things And if you put your heart on heavenly things, then these things will happen. If you, you know, have prophecy, then prophesy. If you have faith, then be faithful. If you have service, then serve. If you are a good teacher, then teach. If you're a good exhorter, then exhort. If you're a good leader, lead. If you're a good contributor, give generously. All of these sort of natural things that the Spirit gives you. And then says, and then let love be genuine. And out of that genuine love, abhor evil outdo one another in show and honor don't be slothful, rejoice of hope be patient, tribulation, rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep bless those who persecute you bless, don't curse bless those who persecute you don't avenge yourselves because the only person who is a judge is God not you but last I heard, you're not God you may have a little bit of the Holy Spirit in you doesn't make you God Leave the judgment to God. You, instead, if, you're evil, if your enemy is hungry, then feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. If you do it, good news, and they'll be like putting burning coals on their head. That's a little, just, <laughs> little bonus aside. That may not be the motivation for doing it, but it's sort of the, the great thing anyway, right? I thought he hated me. <laughs> Don't overcome evil with evil. Overcome evil with good. This is just. This is just. Let the spirit of God live within you. And you know, it just. It reminds me of of, um, of uh, well, a few different people. What John Rimmer is one who came to mind. Who just who just said um, always felt like he had to resist God at times, like. People will people won't do that. People won't respond. People will laugh. I don't want to do that in, in church. I don't want to, to offer healing at the altar. I don't want to do this. And God says, Well, you're going to do it. Because I said so. And like that's it. Like you felt God to say, that's what you're going to do. It doesn't actually matter how people respond because you're going to do it because I, I said so. And this is a lot of the ways that that being a living sacrifice is And it's, it's sort of what Moses As today, as Moses comes to the burning bush, and God says, You're going to go and you're going to lead my people. And Moses says, Who am I that I should lead your people? And God does not say, You're Moses, born of so and so, and put into a basket in the river Nile, and fished out and raised in Pharaoh's household. And so, You are the perfect person, Moses. God says, I'm going to be with you. Like, really, it says, it doesn't actually matter who you are. Hate to tell you. I am who I am. I'm going to be with you. And so that's all that really matters. And that's not a slam on any one of us when God calls us to do something. It's not that you're not worth doing something. You've been chosen by God to do things in God's name, to be a living sacrifice, to be transformed, that God might work in you and through you. And that's something to rejoice and celebrate, but make no qualms about it. It's not because you're so great, it's because God is at work in you. Something that all clergy need to be reminded of from time to time, and, and many other people, that we are vessels of God's grace and love because God chooses to work in us. Not because we have to do something fantastic or go to the shrines and put on some sort of great performance that God might bless us. No, God dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. And works in us and through us and comes out in us to proclaim the love and grace of God that we are no longer under the law, but under grace and mercy and joy and blessing. And that the things of the world are not the things that matter, but the divine things. That work in us and through us. And so we proclaim and we exhort and we shine forth that glory of God. And in us, we can do anything, and we skip, we go straight from this little burning bush scene to the Passover. Uh, but then Moses has to go through lots of other stuff right before this. He's got to, he's got to go to Pharaoh and with the staff and Plagues and other things, and continue to stand up. And the people of Israel don't like him, right? They're not like, "Yay, Moses is back!" They're like, "What are you doing here?" And now we got to do more work with you. Now we used to just have to make bricks. Now they used to give us stuff for bricks. Now we got to go give the stuff to make bricks. So you just made our life even worse than it was before. Moses. Uh. Sometimes it's like that with all of us, with God's at work in us. It doesn't matter. Most continues to complain and, and to say, "Who am I?" Right? But God just keeps saying, "I am with you. I am with you. there." Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed through the Spirit of God. And shine forth God's grace and glory in Jesus' name.